0: Hello everybody and welcome to my review of Season 1 of Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. Normally you'd be looking at my face right now, but the card that has the video data for this review got corrupted. And since it's 5.30 in the morning, I didn't really want to reshoot everything. So you're going to see some different visuals from the show. If you want to remember what I looked like, just use this as a reference. And thank you in advance for your patience these are largely going to be spoiler thoughts so if you haven't seen the final episode i'm not going to go too in depth necessarily on this episode in particular it's more about the whole season but i will be mentioning things that came up in the season finale, so if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to stay away until you've seen it. I did do a spoiler-free review of the first two episodes of the season a few weeks ago, and I kind of go different ways with these Marvel shows. Some of them I do weekly reviews, some of them I don't. I was on WandaVision every single week, but a lot of the other ones, I kind of take it show by show. I was traveling a lot during this one as well, but I didn't have a lot of takes on Hawkeye from week to week for reasons that we'll get into, so this is going to be more of a look at the entire first season, what I thought worked, what I was kind of eh on, and what I thought didn't work, and then kind of a summary of my thoughts on it in general, so let's start with what I think worked with the show, which was several things, quite a few things actually. First of all, Jeremy Renner. We know Jeremy Renner is great as Hawkeye. He's never really had the spotlight. A lot of times it's, it's with these movies, the spotlight kind of goes from person to person to person. So it was good to get some time with him as Clint. I like that we got a lot more of stuff with his family. We knew the family was important to him. I, there was a sense of urgency that the show got, at least in the beginning part, about him getting home to his family. And even with his hearing loss, which was introduced in a really believable way. I mean, when you're a superhero, when you're just a guy, just some dude, and things are blowing up next to you nonstop for a few years. Yeah, you might have some residual effects for that. I thought it was a very unique challenge For him to overcome and i think it really puts him in a vulnerable place physically i also liked the vulnerable place emotionally i like that we were able to resolve two of the big things with clint which would be him becoming Ronan during the time that his family was gone and then him losing natasha Uh, there's so much emotional baggage and stuff to explore there and i like that the show did that i just want to say I'm not really chomping at the bit for him to come back, honestly. I think he's deserved a nice retirement on the family farm. And I think it's also because uh, something else that I think really worked with this show was Haley Steinfeld. I think that this was great casting. I liked the character of Kate Bishop. Yes, she got into some trouble, but it was believable for who she was. And I, and I think I mentioned this in the first non-spoiler review, but from the very beginning of the show, she and Jeremy Renner had great chemistry as far as the mentor-mentee relationship. Can you sign this? I'm not done yet. But when you are, can you sign my bow? You're kind of my favorite Avenger. I I think that they really worked together well as a team. and, And the arc that I think worked best in this whole show was the idea of reluctant partners and Clint coming to accept her as his partner. You should go home. You should be with your family. You can still make it in time for Christmas. Kate, you're my partner. If that was just what the show was, then I'd say that it worked really, really well. But there was a lot of other stuff going on that I think was a little more spotty. Another character that they brought back was Yelena. And we know that Florence Pugh is a great actress, but she really did make the most out of every single one of her scenes in the show. If I wanted to kill you... You would have already. Right as you open the door. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have even had time to shut it. No. I'd have been dead. No. Okay she was able to sell that mix that you get with her of the humor and the ability to be a deadly assassin and i actually believed that she could go from one minute to the next from talking about uh, the merits of sriracha and mac and cheese to a, a veiled death threat or or thinking that 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 person could actually kill you with a macaroni noodle or whatever it was she was able to balance that out really well there was a lot of that humor in black widow i think that it was smart to sort of double down on that with her character and much like we did with Kate Bishop. If the goal here was to transition us as an audience to get to like this character, to move from the legacy of the previous character, in this case, it would be Scarlett Johansson uh, and to make us really be on board for seeing more of this character. Then uh, we also have a success there because I already liked what I'd seen from her in the movie. I really liked what we saw from her in the basically two episodes of the show that she was in. And if that was the point of the show, if it was all about developing elena as a character to carry forward again that was a success From other members of the supporting cast, I think that Alakwa Cox did the best that she could with what she was given, and we'll get to that later. I liked her, uh, even if I wasn't the biggest fan of her storyline. And then Tony Dalton as Jack, who is Kate's potential stepfather uh, in waiting. I liked him after the turn. I I really wish that they had made that turn with him earlier in the show because I liked him when he was able to not have to play it both ways and pretend like he's the sinister person. It's a story point that I'm going to talk about a little bit later, but I think that he was a standout, and that's another character where I think that they got the tone of the show right, and I wish that they had had more to do with him in the grand scheme of things overall. Also, just technically, I think the show looked great. And when you look at the two directors of photography, you had Eric Stielberg, who did the first, second, and sixth episodes. He also shot uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I thought looked really great. And then James Whitaker, who was the cinematographer, on episodes three, four, and five. There was the, the scene in the car where we have this kind of children of men shot going and turning around and around. I thought that that was a very inventive way to start off that action sequence. And even in this finale with Yelena and Kate, this office fight that was going from window to window and you're tracking it uh, horizontally, I think that there were just some really innovative and cool ways to shoot the action in this show. And a lot of that goes to the cinematography team. So let's move to some stuff that was a little hit or miss for me. And we'll start with the humor. In my initial review, my non-spoiler review, I talked about the fact that I liked that this was a bit more of a lighthearted MCU show because people were probably gonna be watching it around the holidays, maybe with their family. And as we got on through the season though, I think that it got a little more hit or miss. Some of the humor was forced. You might even say a little bit corny, which wasn't the case with everything. I think that the Clint and Kate stuff worked really well. I think that Yelena's stuff worked really well. But then you have stuff like the tracksuits. The tracksuits ultimately uh, really did not work for me just because they were buffoonish. I mean, they, they were almost beyond cartoon characters. I buy Imagine Dragon's tickets for my girlfriend as like early uh, Christmas gift. This is an outfit that that we're being asked to believe that Kingpin has working for him. And I I just do not see Kingpin tolerating these idiots. They just weren't threatening to me at all. And I think they went too far over the top by making them clownishly uh, incompetent. There were also some beats that just felt like they were just trying too hard to make a joke where they didn't really need to. I liked in the first part of the show where Hawkeye went and fought the LARPers. uh, I thought that that was a really fun beat, and they treated it well, and that was a nice little section of the show. But then to keep bringing them back, and then even in the finale to have that beat where they go and they get into their costumes and then they just direct people out of the building like they were before, it just didn't work at all for me. I think that that's a fun thing to do once, but when you're trying to make it this thing, especially when you have so much other stuff going on it just felt like somebody in a writer's room somewhere saying like oh hey uh, we could use an extra laugh on page 37 why don't we do this thing with the and with the larpers and nobody really fought back against it so i will say that a lot of the humor even though i like the lighthearted tone of the show largely there was definitely some stuff that did not hit very well for me I think one of the reasons why that might be is because tonally it really felt like the show kept shifting and it reminded me a lot of when I used to watch the show 24 on Fox, which was 24 episodes all one hour long. But every season, particularly like in the middle of the show, it felt like they would devote eight-hour chunks to like a certain story, but then it got too hard to sustain that story, so then there'd be something that sort of reset it, and then the next eight hours would be about this thing. And that's what this show felt like. It felt like the first two episodes were about Jack Duquesne and the tracksuits and Bishop Security and all of that stuff. And then the next two episodes kind of backburnered all of that, and then it became about Ronan and Hawkeye's past and Maya and all of that and then the last two episodes that was kind of backburnered and it became about reintroducing Kingpin, it became about Yelena uh, and then of course getting to the end of the show and you can have a plot that, that, that has different portions to it, that's fine, but it didn't really feel like there was much of a progression, it just felt like that the focus kept shifting from here to here to here and these different subjects and these different things all have a different tone associated with them, some are more open to humor, some are less open to humor, and I liked a lot of the individual parts about this, I liked the idea of Clint returning to what happened with Ronan, I liked the idea of Yelena coming in uh, and wanting revenge for Natasha. I like the idea of Clint and Kate, etc., but I felt like when you keep jumping around and you don't know as a viewer where you're focusing your energy on the show, then things really seem kind of scattershot, and that's how I came out of the show. Individual pieces were great, it just felt like we were jumping around and I never really got my feet under me. It kind of felt like they had several ideas for a Hawkeye TV show, or there was a directive to do several things with the same show, and so they just decided to do all of them. I also think the mysteries of the show were fairly easy to solve. You had two basic ones. You had the, who is the uncle, and from the second that they talked about my uncle, and you saw the cufflinks and stuff, I'm like, oh, well, that's Kingpin. And so the big kingpin reveal, I I felt like, oh, yeah, I mean, they they made that really obvious, kind of. And then also, I mentioned the red herring with Jack and the fiancé, and did he kill the family member? And no, it was Eleanor. Again, that's something that seemed very clear, very obvious for maybe the first or second episode of the show. I I I don't really think that anybody really thought that Jack was a bad guy because the show was so heavily telegraphing that he was a bad guy. And so this whole thing of like, well, it was actually Eleanor all along. Unlike Agatha all along, I was not surprised by that because it just felt like, well, yeah, because you're telling me who the bad guy is and you have been for several episodes, so it's obviously not him. Uh, It it just felt like they were kind of doing mysteries for people that have never solved a mystery before. And both of them are pretty easy to crack for me. And when you have a show that's, that's... kind of turns on these reveals when they're very easily figured out. They don't quite have the same impact. So let's talk about the show overall. If I was gonna put one word on Hawkeye, if I was gonna describe it in one word, the word that I would probably use was safe. That's not necessarily a bad word. It's not necessarily a good word either, but when you look at the show as a whole, it took the characters pretty much where you would think we would want them to be taken. It offered a healthy dose of Marvel humor. It had a cute dog. And I think it delivered what most people expected it to deliver going in. I didn't wish anything bad for Clint, and it's nice for him to have had a happy ending. But it just didn't really move the needle all that much for me as far as offering me anything new or surprising me with these characters. And it's it's the idea of expectation versus what you can get. I think that a lot of people expect expected certain things for example from spider-man no way home but i think that that the movie was able to deliver perhaps the things that people expected but in a way they didn't expect or or in much more depth and i was kind of hoping that's what they would go for here but instead if you were going to ask me to predict x number of things that would happen in the show uh before or even after seeing the first episode i would list about where the show went and that's where we were at the end of the season In a way, I know that actor availability was probably an issue, but I I wish that they could have scheduled it so that they could spend more time with Yelena and more time with Kingpin because those were huge story drops and they both had very consequential effects on the outcome of the show. I wish that you could have brought those characters in earlier, maybe bring in Yelena in episode two, Kingpin in episode three, and really sit there and spend several episodes. Let this confrontation between Yelena and Clint really work itself out. Maybe show us uh, some of them teaming up. Maybe instead of Kate and Clint at the end of the show, you have Kate, Clint, and Yelena teaming up at the end of the show. With Kingpin, let him spend some more time with Maya. I mean, they got, what, maybe one or two scenes together, and then we have this dramatic confrontation. Now, I don't believe for one second that Kingpin is dead. There's no way they bring back Vincent D'Onofrio for one episode and then kill him off instantly. But we're supposed to believe this this deep connection between him and And this person that works for him, we've never seen the two of them together before. And we only know that they have a connection because the show tells us that they have a connection. Whereas if you were able to bring Kingpin in about halfway through the season, we could see them together much more. And then this betrayal at the end, I think, would land a lot harder. So I don't know if it was just because... They had a lot to fit into the show and they wanted to handle the Ronan stuff and they wanted to set up the Bishop family and they pushed all of it to the end of the season or they only had D'Onofrio and Florence Pugh for X number of days, but I do think that if the focus of the show had been a little bit different, then it would have hit a little bit harder because you would have had more flexibility. Looking back at this year in Marvel TV, and it's hard to believe, but yes, all of the Disney Plus shows for Marvel came out this year in 2021. I really don't think any of them hit a home run necessarily i think they all had home run moments i think all of them had their own flaws some bigger some smaller but when we look at my personal preference i think you know for a while i had loki at the first spot and for a while you know i was kind of jockeying back and forth but in the final estimation i think i'd probably put wandavision at the top as my favorite even though i was not a fan of how they handled the quicksilver stuff in that show i thought it was a bit of a bait and switch and maybe that's what they were going for but i think people can still be a little upset uh, at what they did there. Uh, Loki, for me, is a pretty close number two. I think I I wasn't crazy about the finale of the show, but everything leading up to it I thought was the best uh, that they had done so far. Then, for that middle spot, I think that I would put Hawkeye and What If jockeying pretty close together... For three, and four. I liked both shows. I might give a slight edge to What If, but I think that they both were pretty solid television, even though I had my quibbles here and there with the storytelling. And then in the last spot, I would put The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which again is not a show that I disliked, but I think it would have been much better served if that had been a movie and Eternals had been a TV show, because I felt like The Falcon and the Winter Soldier at times was stretching to fill those episodes, and I felt like Eternals, was compacted a lot of times and could have used more room to breathe but that would be about how i would break it out so no failures i would say in my eyes for marvel in their first year at at disney plus i think we had some incredible moments but what is grief if not love persevering It's an adjustment process, and I'm sure that they're figuring it out. I really do hope that they work a little bit more on the cohesion between these shows, so it doesn't feel like they're at odds with each other. These little things don't slip through the cracks, and it does feel like one universe. Uh, And also just figuring out how to make these shows a little more consistent, work on the storytelling a little bit, work on the pace and the tempo, because sometimes it feels like they're making it up as they go along a little bit, which is weird because they're pre-written. It's not like old television where you're just kind of cranking out episodes as you go. But I think that there's a lot to be looking forward to, and there's a lot of great promising stuff that they did. There are always bound to be growing pains. I just hope that 2022 sees the MCU, particularly on Disney+, Plus, growing out of those. So those are my thoughts on Hawkeye Season 1. What did you think? I've seen a lot of people say that it's their favorite of the MCU Disney Plus shows. Let me know down in the comments below. And as always, thank you so much for watching. Stay tuned right here later today. I will have my review of The Matrix Resurrections, which I'm going to check out In the theater, I'll come back and get that review out to you just as quickly as I can. And don't forget that if you like watching me on YouTube, but you want to take me a little bit more on the go, you can look down in the description below and find the Dan Merle Podcast Audio Network. You have everything that I do here on YouTube, plus there are some audio exclusives that hit. There's one right now that is a roundup of a lot of the awards season movies, so I would love for you to also become a subscriber and be able to listen to everything that I do there. Thanks again for watching. Stay safe out there.